We're back with Lori Spagna, George Norrie here with you. Her book is called Learn Animal Communication and Telepathy. Lori, can individuals learn how to communicate with their animal? Everyone can learn how. It's a learned skill. It's a learnable skill. Everybody has a theta brainwave they can access. Everybody can learn how to use the electromagnetic field that, that gets activated through the heart center. Everybody can learn how to develop their empathic abilities. Everybody can learn these gifts, these skills. They are gifts. They are developed, but, but they, they are also, at the same time, learned skilled. Some are better than others, obviously, in picking it up, don't you think? I think that the challenge that humans have is that they misinterpret. So, for example, one time I was, I was teaching a class, and one of my classes that I was teaching, we gave, we, we gave a reading to the whole group, and in the group, everybody was picking up a different version. So one person picked up a bat. They, they, they were getting the energy of a bat. They were getting a visual of a bat. Another person was getting a visual of, like, a pool of blood. Another person was getting the visual of a red ball. And another person was getting the visual or the sense or the reading from the animal that they had been abused. And each person in the room got a different interpretation of what happened to the animal in this case. And... The person asked, who, I, did this animal get abused? The other person asked, did this animal get beaten with a bat? The other person said, I, I think this, ball, this animal loves the red ball. And in, they were all the same animal. So the issue is, is how is the human interpreting the message or the information that they're getting? Is the human accurate in their interpretation and their translation? Because it's the same thing as... If you have somebody translating a foreign language, are they effective at translating it or are they translating it through their own lens, right? So that's the real thing. Does that, that make sense? It sure does. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. It's almost like we're all connected. Animal, right. human, we're all hooked together, aren't we? Yes. And by the way, in the example that I gave you, what had happened was the human in the animal's family, in that example, the human had felt that he had been beaten over the back, like over the head with a bat, with a baseball bat. He felt that way. And the, the animal was understanding the human's experience. The animal was never abused. Remarkable. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. We will take questions for Lori. We will have her talk about your dead animal or your live animal. She'll need the name of the animal. But let's start by going to John in Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Hey, John. Hello, George. Hello, Lori. I have hi, John. several. Hi, Lori. I have several brief comments that will support Lori's work and her wisdom. Okay. And I'd like to preface my comments by saying I love people who love animals. So bless you, Lori. I believe God put animals on earth to bring us peace, harmony, joy, and healing. Lori's already touched on that. I want to give two quick examples that I hope the parents and grandparents can learn from my setbacks. When I was growing up, I had a difficult time with people my age. Uh, at home, my sister, who was a year older than I, I didn't get along with her. and my, my father and I didn't see eye to eye, and I was struggling. And I wanted a dog so bad. I believe that... If I could have came home from school and hugged a dog and had responsibility and, and joy, um, I would have avoided a lot of the um, bad things that um, I'd experienced during my teenage years. 
And fast forwarding now, I'm 66 years old. Um, I have no children and no grandchildren, but I have two wonderful dogs. So here's my point to the parents and grandparents. First of all, I encourage you to get Lori's books. Animals are a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. If you have a struggling child that struggles academically or socially, don't let them drift like I drifted. Bring them peace by getting an animal. Then learn from Lori's wisdom about um, everything she's taught us tonight. This is a struggling time we live in. I can tell you for a fact, animals are here to bring us peace during this difficult time. And Lori, thanks again for all your good work. And thank you, George, for taking my call. Thank you, John. You're so sweet, John. Thank you. Well said, huh, Lori? Yeah, that was so sweet. Should parents buy pets for their kids? Can I just say something with John? One thing that was yeah. really clear is just he that's part of his role for for humanity. His role, what is being said is in God's plan of lighted creation, is that John is here to help other young people, young people and other people to to learn from his own journey, right? And that's part of what he was doing even today. So anyway. Absolutely. But, but my question about should parents buy up their kids a pet? I think it depends on it depends on the family, right? Depends on the dynamics of the family. Do I completely agree with John what John was saying that you know animals can help kids to to love to to be responsible to learn responsibility yes 100% and at the same time you know they are living beings and if the family dynamic is not set up to be able to handle another family member living being that's a, a responsible choice too to sometimes say it might not be the right choice for our unique family, but overall, will an animal bring love into the family? Yes. Will an animal help children to learn responsibility? Yes, for sure. Let's go to our wild card line. Susan's with us in California. She found a feral cat in her garage. Susan, welcome to the program. Hi. Yeah, I have four indoor cats. They're all rescues, and then I have the mother of one of the kittens and uh she came into my garage with her second or third set of kittens and i've been keeping i got her fixed and everything i got all the kittens adopted um but i brought her back into the garage because i didn't want them to dump her out anywhere because she was very feral and good thing i did she had a kennel cold i got her all better but she's starting to tame up She's really starting to trust me. Her name is Nyla. And I'm wondering, is it okay for me to keep her in the garage longer? Or should I, do you think she's happy? She seems to be happy. Or should I be letting her out? I'm just afraid to kind of let her Let me tell you what, what I'm getting from Nyla and from her consciousness is that both of you together are learning trust in a whole new way. And it's not just trust. It's self-trust. Trust of others that, and it it also includes an element of the energy of, let me just get this, um, it's like divine neutrality. So it's how to feel safe together in a neutral way. In other words, without, without necessarily forcing either of your own will on the other. Does that make sense? So 
When you, well, your direct question is, is it okay for me to leave her in the garage? And the answer is, as long as that's a physically safe location, it's fine. Because she's learning trust and safety uh-huh. with and from you and, uh-huh. and how to feel safe in her own space. And, uh-huh. and you're learning this in a way, too. Does this make sense? I guess so. Um, I just was afraid for her to let her out because we had the torrential rains, and then um, I'm afraid that the cats are going to, you know, her old boyfriend that she had around wasn't very nice to her, um, even when, you know, after he would get her pregnant and stuff. But he was okay to the babies, but he would, would like, try to attack her to get her food and stuff. And I'm just afraid that she's... Going to go back feral again, and she's really come a long ways with me. She even rolls over yes. and starting to let me even uh, rub her belly, which is yeah, she's trusting you more. That's so beautiful. Please yeah. keep her safe. Definitely keep her in the garage if that's it, rather okay. than letting her out. She's not looking to escape. She's not looking to get out. She's safe in that in the container where you have her. When I say container, the environment. So right. As long and as the garage I, even, is a physically safe I, place, I'm getting keep her. You're doing great. That's wonderful. She doesn't want to run out, so I'm like, oh, maybe I should keep her in there. Then I didn't have plans to keep her in there, but I'm getting to where I just want her to get really tame and and learn about love and safety. If you kept the yeah, door open, Susan, doing. she'd just take off. I don't think so. That's interesting. What do you think about that, Lori? If the door was just kept open, would the cat run away or come back? I, I'm, what I'm hearing is that that cat is already learning trust and safety with you and that that sense for her is new and what she desires. So when you ask, would she run away? I don't get that she would. I'm not getting that. I'm getting that she's, she has a sense that she's got, got something She's aware that she's in an environment, in a situation that, for her, feels right and better. All right, give it a try, Susan. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Great advice, Lori, by the way. So when you're going through this, she's taking care of her. What are you picking up when you were talking to her? Well, the first thing is just when she says when she says the cat the cat's name Nyla. It's that's the first part I can just connect in with that cat's consciousness because that. That cat's consciousness is not limited to the physical location of where she is. So the moment I get her name, I'm just asking, Nyla, will you share with me what you would like me to know or share? And the first thing I get is trust, neutral, safety. I'm learning trust. So is she. That's what I'm hearing. So that's what I said, something to that effect. They're both learning safety and trust together. Interestingly, too, that when Susan was sharing the story, she was saying, she said something like, I'm afraid to let her out. And that word fear usually tells me that person needs a sense of safety and trust as well. Because why, do we, why are we ever afraid? Because some part of us doesn't feel safe or or that we can trust. So that verifies to me, validates to me, because after I heard Susan say that, I was like, that makes sense to me. They're both learning safety and trust together. Let's go to Don in Massachusetts. How can we help you, Don? Hi. Hi, George. Hi, Lori. Hi. Hi, Don. Hi, Hi Don. Hi. 
Um, I just want to say quickly, I, I was a feral cat caretaker for the last 20 years. And, um, you know, it's just a very touchy subject. So, you know, each cat is unique. Yes. In, in my opinion, I just, as long as the cat is happy, the cat will let you know. And if she's not running out, as long as she's just not locked in the garage for the rest of her life, you know, that, that's just the main thing. She just, if there's a window, she has food. I mean, she just, you know, as long as she has a safe place, she just doesn't want to be confined to a garage, one room indefinitely for the rest of her life. That would, but, you know, I'm sure Nyla will let her know as well. Yes, for sure. Um, Thank you. So I have lost all my animals over the last five years, as well as my husband, one in a row every year. And oh, I just wanted to see if, if any of them are have anything to say. Their names were Angie, Sophie, Chargy, and Diesel. Okay, can you just give me one? To, to sure. The last one, one is Angie. Angie? Angie? Dog, yes. dog or cat, Don? She was a cat. Angie the cat. Okay, I want to say to you, Don, that one of the primary things that's coming through right away, I just ask Angie, what would you like to share? What is important to come through for Don in this moment? And it has to do with two primary things. Number one is that the grief and the loss that you have endured in this lifetime is meant to be transmuted so that you don't have to continue to suffer. It's not that you suffer. You, you're you living a good life and you have, but there's there's a lingering grief and a loss. And, and that has been something that in a sense you're meant to learn from, in a sense, to transmute and to, in a sense, rise above. It's It's because you're meant to learn in a sense that there is something beyond the physical and so that you can live without that kind of sort of suffering of that grief and loss. Does that, does that make sense for you? This yeah, Angie, it was com- in a sense. That comes from Angie? That's what I'm getting. Wow. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. Thank you. And also just, just your, is, was your husband, you said you lost the yeah. male figure? Yeah. Yeah, yep, that, that male figure is around as well. And oh, they're all around me. Well, they're all around, but I'm just tuning in, just listening to this. Oh, Adam, from you can see Adam or Diesel. And or Diesel was a boy dog. He was a boxer. But you're getting a a, a human, Adam. No, a human. This is a human. Was it the husband? A husband? Yep. yep, my husband. Right. This husband is around you. Oh, the husband, okay. whose name I don't know, but mm-hmm. I can see him clearly in a sense, energetically, and it's it's about the love that was there. Please remember, this is like so, in a way so basic, but so real too. He deeply loves you oh. and deeply wants you to, again, the message is to live without regret and to live without guilt oh. and to live in a way that is most fulfilling for you so that you can it's like rise up so that you can rise up into your own um fulfillment your joy in this lifetime this is does this make sense yeah it does. don thank you for the call appreciate it it's not easy losing somebody and yeah. uh well. it, it's not easy we 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 love so deeply and when our loved ones cross over, whether they're animals or humans, 
what's really fascinating is that they don't carry any of the of the pain any longer. They don't have any of the judgment or any of the wrongness. I know people know this, and that is always like their number one message is, you know, to for us to be happy and fulfilled, even though that they're not here, and also for us not to have to carry any self-punishment in their, after their passing, you know. But it is, it's so hard for us because we hold on to that, you know. Lori, what are your thoughts on euthanizing an animal when it gets to a certain age? People tend to do that with their pets. They get to a certain age, they become incapacitated in certain areas, they take yeah. them to the vet and uh, they uh, they euthanize them. What do you think of that? Or should we just let them die naturally? Well, I think, first of all, that's one of the things you can really use an animal communicator for, just to be asking if you're not sure. Animals will definitely tell their humans when they're ready to go. They'll either kind of stop using, they'll stop eliminating, or they'll stop eating and stop drinking. That's usually a sign, but not always. Um, so it's definitely helpful to be able to kind of hear from the animal if they're ready to go. And from that perspective, I think euthanizing is sometimes the right choice. But of course, it's a deeply personal choice between a human, their their God, their connection with their source and the animal and the animal soul. And I'm always an advocate of not allowing an animal to suffer unnecessarily, for sure. But again, it's a deeply intimate and personal kind of choice. And it, it's very helpful to have some form of communication and telepathy to inquire and to connect and to make sure the time is right for that. I mean, like the horse that did not want to be euthanized. Right. You get that impression, don't you? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's really clear. Like I one time was on a um, call with a client. The an- They wanted the animal, you know, to be healed, but the animal was ready to go. And I was on the call doing energy work with the animal at the moment of the animal's transition. Wow. And the thing that was amazing was, you know, because I was just working to bring forward whatever energy God, source, creator saw fit, and right at that time, with no attachment to what would happen, it was, what is God's will? What is this animal's will? Let's bring forward that energy. And the animal transitioned, and the moment the animal transitioned, the humans on the, who were on the call with me, the parents of the, of the dog, they didn't quite know yet, but I heard the animal. <laughs> this is the sound. Whee! I'm free! How about that? We're going to come back in a moment with final calls. And welcome back to Coast to Coast, George Norrie with Lori Spagna as we are talking about animal communications and your calls. Truly remarkable, Lori. What uh, What are your next projects? What are you working on? Well, right now I'm working on helping people to elevate into being able to use their gifts, talents, and abilities to serve and contribute to humanity, whether it's animal communication and telepathy, energy healing, whatever gifts they have to really access these gifts of the um, the metaphysical realm, you know, the non-physical, the higher realm, so to speak, and bring them forward into everyday life. Because the truth is, we all have them. And when we start utilizing these gifts to help one another, to help animals, to help one another, to help the earth, in my experience, my belief, my knowing, is that we have the solutions to all of the world's problems. We have them within us. Yep. And these are the gifts we have to bring forward into the world now so that we can really 
resolve the issues that humanity is facing. Can folks contact you through your website, Lori? For sure. I'd love to hear from people. It's at lorispania.com. Let's go back to the phones, east of the Rockies. Reverie is with us in Connecticut. Welcome to the program. Hi, Reverie. Hello. Can you hear me? We sure can. Hello. (laughs) Hi. I have a beautiful dog that I love to death named Pepper. But I don't know how to feed her properly. And I give her food, and one day she likes it. One day she does it. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm giving, I, honestly, I cook her food. I give her, like, filet mignon. I give her the best of the best. What okay. can I do? <laughs> do you, do you want to know what, you, what I'm getting from your dog? This is not about the food. The issue is not about the food. The issue is about you. Let me just get the right words. It has to do with claiming your power. And we want to say this in the right way because it's like your dog is teaching you how to stand strong in your own certainty and knowing. So it's not like a power struggle, but it's about you knowing that what you're doing is right. It's not just about the food. The food is, think of it like a microcosm issue. The bigger issue is for you to own your certainty in your life about the choices you make and the actions you take. Does this make sense? Can you see the parallel between these things? Does it make sense? Yes, because I'm so not confident. Every time I give her something to eat, I stand back and I pray. I'm like, oh, God, please let her eat this. Right. So I want you to start in your own consciousness, in your own awareness, eradicating self-doubt and breathing in doubt your doubt and just breathe. I know this might sound so silly to that you can breathe in energy, but you really can breathe in the energy of self-certainty. And when you talk to your dog, because dogs, they understand words. They might not understand the words exactly, but they understand the energy of the words. So start communicating to Pepper because she's just, she is a very like feisty, characteristic, like charismatic type of dog, right? So just say to her, this food is so delicious. I know you're going to love it, and I want you to love this food as much as I love you. Like something simple like that so that you're not anymore in a state of doubt or worry, but rather you're in a state of certainty. I prepared the best food for you. You deserve the best. Enjoy it. Let yourself enjoy it. Let that be it. Like, that's how I want you to communicate, with a sense of certainty with your thoughts and your words to her. Does that make sense? Animals get finicky, Lori, don't they? Uh, Yes, they do for different reasons. But in this case, it's not because the food isn't good or healthy. It's because of this learning lesson. (laughs) Does that make sense? It sure does. Next time, we're going to go to California where Mary Elaine is with us. She has a cat. Hi, Mary Elaine. Hi, Mary Elaine. Thank you for having Laurie on. I I, I feel like so many of the callers, uh, you know, we just love animals. And just recently. Oh, there he is um, right there. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, one of them. But recently... 
Actually, on Labor Day, someone sprayed Moxie, my little Moxie, with um, Moxie. I, I think it was mace or something. Because oh no! She was drooling. Her eyes were glassy, and I, I know that there's like a new neighbor that just moved in. So I don't know if they don't like cats, but I have a block wall, and my cats sit on the block wall. And then I have another neighbor on the other side that I know for sure he hates cats because ever since he's moved in. I've already lost several of our fewer sorrow, and one was he got out accidentally. But anyway, I I need closure because after Moxie was sprayed with this um, toxic uh, spray, I don't know if it was mace or what, but it, it, it took eight hours for me to calm her down and and to wipe her down, and, and she and she drooled for days, so and her throat was burnt. But her mother, Gurley, who was like Susan's cat, she wound up in my garage um, back in 2012, and she gave birth to these beautiful fur babies, which helped me through my breast cancer, my chemotherapy. So they were gifts. It was a divine intervention how a little Gurley came into my life, and it took her six months to leave my I always keep my garage door open because I feed possums and raccoons and and whatever comes into my element because I just feel that part of our existence here on Earth is is to take care of those that need help and especially the animals. But anyway, Gurley is missing, so I need closure. I don't know. I know she's not around. I I know because she came to me in, in this beautiful butterfly. She, she was calico, and this butterfly that I've never seen a white, cream-colored calico butterfly, but it came to me two days after um, Moxie was sprayed, and, and Gurley, the one who came to me in 2012, the mother, she was licking her daughter, Moxie, the daughter, and she was trying to calm her down, and so I don't know if she got the poison in her or someone literally... All right, then what's your, Mary Elaine, what's your question and what animal are we talking about? Well, I'm talking about Gurley. She's no longer with me, okay. and I want closure because I have all my cats cremated. All right, what do you think, Lori? Okay, so my I have two things. For, that One that I have to say first is about Moxie, is that the challenges with the neighbors and them spraying on her, there is something you can do to to stop these kinds of challenges. And everyone can benefit from this kind of thing if we do this. Whenever you think of the neighbors or anyone who's causing you pain or suffering in your environment, even in your life, you, you must train your brain to think and say to them, I wish you peace. We have no business together. Because that will neutralize their power to do those things. It, it, it's, it's one of those metaphysical tools, okay? If you don't use it, you won't know it. But if you use it just with your brain, with your mind, when you think of those neighbors and those people, and this is not just coming from me, this is for coming from Moxie, because what she's, in effect, what she's saying is, is I want you to use your power in the right way. That's what she's saying, that if I were to translate the energy that she's giving me and the information. So I hope that makes sense. Now, the second cat who is no longer around you, you, per, you when did, can you give me her name again? I see her, Orange Tabby, right? What, what, is, what is her name again? Girly, she's a calico. Girly. Oh, Girly, oh, she's a calico. Okay, hold on. 
Gurley okay, has taken so off. Gurley, you you think she's transitioned already? You're looking for closure because no, she doesn't know that. She she just knows that she took off. Okay, I don't believe that she has transitioned. I'm not getting that she's transitioned. And I know you were asking for closure, but what I'm understanding from her is I left because my mommy has too much burden on her. I left to alleviate the burden. And I'm asking her, I'm asking her, well, if your mommy asks for you to come back, will you come back? Are you willing to come back? And what I'm hearing and receiving from her as I'm translating it is, I'm willing to come back, but I'm not sure it's the right choice or the right thing to do. But she physically is fine in the sense that she's living like a feral cat. What causes an animal to run away, Lori? Oh, my goodness. I've done, I've done a lot of lost animal cases. This is a common thing. If the human in their life is overburdened, you hear that a lot, the animal will leave to alleviate the burden. That's one reason. Another reason is if the human has to learn some kind of lesson about responsibility. For example, I had a dog, my dog Kiko, she ran away once. And I, it was while I was apartment searching, and while I was apartment searching, I was thinking, oh, my God, it would be so much easier to find an apartment if I only had one dog instead of two. In that, in that same 10-minute window is when my dog, Kiko, ran away from the house where we were staying. The moment I realized what I did, because my friend called me up and said, Kiko ran out the house, she's gone, I had to pull over and do, like, Quick magic with my consciousness, right? And to explain, Kiko, you belong with me. We belong together. Come back. Of course she came back. But this is the kind of thing. In that case, I had to learn my own responsibility with my own thoughts, with my own perception. Does this make sense? How long do you wait before you decide if the animal is going to come back or not? A couple days, a week, a month? How long? (laughs) I mean, that, that you, first of all, if you lose an animal, you want to respond as fast as possible because the, the sooner and quicker you take an appropriate action, the more likely you are to get the animal back. But in some cases, you know, sometimes animals go, like especially cats sometimes go, because they want to transition on their own. And they know that their human won't, either can't handle it or won't be able to make that choice. Sometimes they do that. For their, so it does depend, but the sooner you respond and take appropriate action, the better. So in Mary Elaine's case, little girly, is she coming back or not? I, I get that that option is available. It's not resolved. And because it's so it's still Mary, up in the air. It's, up to, it's In a way, it's up to Mary Elaine to really choose it. Because even when she's choosing, I want closure, in a sense, she's saying, I'm willing to let her go and move on. Interesting. Let's... I'm not making her wrong either. It's, this is a choice. The two, the two beings get a choice about how they're going to proceed, right? And they ha- they're both a little unresolved on it. Let's go to Texas. Cheryl's with us. How can we help you, Cheryl? Yes. Hi, hi guys. Great show. Hi, Cheryl. Um, I have a question about three dogs, very precious. They were lame angels to me. I was able to have telepathic tele, telepathy with them. Mm-hmm. And they would come from room to room. Anyway, they've all since passed away. 
So my questions have to do with what happened. I I know that they're okay. The first one, um, I was poisoned by solvents within about a year. Uh, she developed at a very young age cancer. I believe she took on the disease from all the damage from the solvents. And Cheryl, we only have about a minute left, so give us the name of one of those animals. Okay, Sasha Rusi. Okay, I'm going to give you the message that I'm getting from the collective since we only have a minute. The big, like, lesson energy that wants to be resolved is the transformation you're meant to make in this lifetime is a transformation about self-love and forgiveness, self-love and self-forgiveness. And all three of these animals are kind of like in collusion to serve you in that agenda. I hope that makes sense to you. Lori, as we wrap things up, give folks your website, please. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me tonight, George, and to your team. My website is lorispagna.com, and anyone who wants to learn more about animal communication and telepathy and accessing more of their psychic intuitive gifts, they can go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals. There's some wonderful gifts to help them start learning and develop their gifts along that along those lines. By the way, you wrote an interesting book back in 2016 also called How Psychic Are You? Didn't you? Yes, yes. Because actually being psychic is just another way of saying you're using your extrasensory abilities. The same is true with animal communication. We're all psychic. We all have these gifts and abilities. We just have to learn how to utilize them, and we also have to clear and heal and resolve whatever's in our way. Absolutely. think or believe we can. Lori, thanks again for being on the program. Thank you so much. Take care. Lori Spagna. Again, her website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. She's truly a remarkable person. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Odessor, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burrows, Tim Banal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.